Welcome to the PharmaProof podcast series, a bi-weekly podcast to promote animal health through biosecurity. The global animal health product management team shares with you easy and digestible knowledge and info from the field that is PharmaProofed. Good day, everybody. Good day, Carol. Good day, Josephine. We're here for the last but not least a myth, the myth number eight of the book of Jeroen de Wolf on antibiotic resistance disproved. And this myth is we can't help it. Quite a pessimist one. Mm-hmm. And I must say that uh, at Sidlines Ecolab, We have a go-and-get-it attitude, so I would like you to say that this one is really not <laughs> the true one. Yeah, I will say it's not true. Okay, good. Good, Carol. So it seems that there is no magical formula, however, in order to reduce the antibiotic resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no magic formula. If there is one conclusion to be made, is that reducing antibiotic resistance will take time and effort. For each and every farm, a specific action plan needs to be developed and put into place. And even more important, farmers, farm workers, vets and so on needs to stick with the plan. Investments will have to be made, die-hard habits will have to be turned around and traditions will have to go. Uh-huh. Die hard habits. Hmm. This make me think of the importance of repetition. And the quote from Elizabeth Arden, repetition makes reputation and reputation makes customers. Indeed, Josephine, the importance of providing information on a repetitive basis is beautifully illustrated by a series of investigation and to buy security compliance in the poultry barns conducted by the University of Montreal and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. Okay, how have they uh, how have they done that? Well, the research team installed hidden cameras on eight poultry farms in Quebec, Canada. There there they evaluated and described the application of existing biosecurity measures when entering and leaving the poultry barn. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. And a total of 44 different mistakes were observed from more than 800 visits done by 102 different individuals. On average, four errors were recorded per visit. Wow, four errors related to biosecurity per visit. Yeah. Wow. The nature and frequency of errors suggested a lack of understanding of biosecurity principles. The study concluded that biosecurity trainings are needed to take improvement. Okay, yeah, that I can uh, I can only agree on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need trainings and we need also uh, educational material available uh, to all poultry personnel to to explain why and how to apply biosecurity yeah. measures. Yes, indeed. And a follow-up study, they investigated what measures or strategies may help to elevate the compliance to biosecurity measures. The research team evaluated the impact of audits and visible cameras. Hidden cameras again were used to check the application level 
on both short term, so the first two weeks, and medium terms, the six months later. This was conducted on 24 poultry barns in Quebec. Okay, okay, and what are the results? Well, the results showed that bi-monthly audits didn't have any impact on medium-term compliance. The use of visible cameras obtained a better score. They had a significant impact on short-term, but six months later the effect was definitely worn off and farm workers tended to return to their previous bad habits. Okay, okay, so that's uh, interesting. On the short term, uh, we the study shows that it, it could change, but on the long term, it was much more difficult. So how can, yeah. we, can we ensure that biosecurity measures are correctly observed in the medium and long term, Caro? Having the correct information is important, but not enough. In order to apply biosecurity in a sustainable way and thus reduce antibiotic use, the University of Ghent has developed and tested a simply but very efficient method, which is summed up by the mantra measuring, improving and reducing. Ah, I know what you're talking about. This yes, tool, the tool is the biocheck Ugent. Yes, indeed. Okay, how so can you explain a little bit, how do you measure biosecurity with we, that tool? Yeah, we measure biosecurity, biosecurity thanks to a checklist that identifies the risk factors, their frequency, technical parameters and production characteristics and so on. The first step is to map the current status of the farm. Okay, so, so that's indeed the first step. You need to know what is the starting point. And then I guess you provide or you propose some uh, biosecurity measures to the farmer. Yes, that's the second step. It's design and carry out a farm-specific biosecurity and management plan. The aim is to improve the initial biosecurity status, leading to a better disease control and better production results. For the plan to work, it's crucial that the farm-specific measures are validated by the farmer and the farm advisor. When discussing pos possible measures during a second farm visit, be sure that the farmer and the vet or advisor are involved to this herd healthy related decisions. Mm, yeah, indeed. And it's much more uh, powerful if that is uh, that are measures coming from the initiative of the farmer himself yeah, yeah, or yeah. the vet or the persons caring about the herd than if you just decide uh, at their place. Yeah, 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 that's it. So you mentioned also a second visit, so you don't just go once. No, no, it's important to go a second time to motivate people. We insist on a quick win and let the farmer take the initiative for new measurements. Ah, yeah, yeah, indeed. I think that's really uh, important. Um, and after the measures are implemented, you have a follow-up. Oh yeah, of course. The ultimate step is to make sure the efforts spent on improving biosecurity and management results in a significant reduction of the use of antibiotics. This can be achieved by gradually reducing the number of systematic or strategic antibiotic treatments. Skipping a few steps in this process may lead to failure and large episodes of clinical disease. Mm. 
something you 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 really want to avoid ah, yes. at all costs sure. uh, as it will completely ruin the farmer's his trust yeah, 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 indeed. the idea is to gradually improve by security and management so as they protect the farm against disease outbreaks and thus gradually reduce the needs of for antibiotics okay it's essential to monitor before yeah. during and after interventions and visualize the results this way yeah, 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 yeah this may offer an additional motivation to keep up the good work it takes about six months to see the first effects of the advice okay patience is required yeah then. okay so can you give carol a, a conclusion to the to this story to this uh, book well the antibiotic resistance is a very real and very urgent challenge we can and must do something about it we now have plenty of an undeniable scientific proofs that making changes will result in better animal health without costing money. So let's all start making changes today together for a healthier world. What a nice conclusion. Thanks, Carol, for sharing. Um, thanks for the, the audience. We have covered the eight myths uh, within this eight podcasts. And uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed it. We gave an insight on the urgent challenge that we're facing today. And um, we try to give you passion and motivation to help to change practice by creating awareness and, of course, by bringing solutions in the field. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Josephine. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Find us on all streaming platforms, YouTube and online at farmerproof.com. Check back in two weeks for new episodes. Until next time.